0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We'll go with me to the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43, after we go from Isaiah 43, we'll go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And we'll begin to make our way through some of the scriptures today. Boy, it's going to be good. It's going to really help all of us. Bless all of you. Some of you may ask, well, how are you today, Pastor? Well, I'm okay. I went to Walmart yesterday afternoon, so I'm okay. It's quite a big deal to go there on a Saturday afternoon, but I was a desperate lawnmower buyer yesterday, so I had to go. But again, I made it through that. It's a war zone. Bless the Lord. All right. Just a little thought for you here today, a little God thought just before we get in there that and there's times in our life where we spend a lot of times on our knees and there's times in our life where we need to stand. Uh, Ephesians 6 verse 13 says, when you've done all you know to do, then just stand. But there's also a season that you're to shout. And remember this, the walls don't come down to do you, shout. Well, I believe in here there's some of you that are in a season, you just need to start shouting. Amen. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice of praise. Now watch what God will do, okay? I say that just to stir you up. Man, I'm telling you, just shout. Jesus. Just shout, okay? Thank you. There we go. Well, again, we're on our series here on the wilderness. Uh, I think part of the things we must need we really, really need to understand this is, is I've got to stay connected to my purpose and my destiny. And the way I stay connected to my purpose and my destiny is I've got to stay connected to God. And to stay connected to God, it's, it's not a part-time endeavor. That's a day-by-day-by-day-by-day. By day by day by day. You can't miss days without God, okay? And so begin, be sure to hang on to God, and that's the way we get to our promised land. But you've seen this now for a couple of weeks. God wants to, he wants to grace us and teach us to live with perseverance and with endurance to stay the course. Not that we be hit-and-miss Christians, that we just stay the course day-by-day-by-day. By day by day. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. Now, yeah, that's a credible resume of what God's done for every one of us. And if you don't think he's done that for you, notice in there, I I believe it's five times he mentions you. That he, he, he created you, he formed you, he redeemed you, he called you, and you are mine. What a promise. But a lot of times when we read those things, we get in the back of our mind, now life is fixing to be smooth sailing. No worries, no difficulties. Well, we got to read verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. The message says when you're in over your head. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you, the rough waters. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. And so when you begin to look at all that there, Understand the word when, 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 when you pass through, when you go through, when you walk through, not if. So he's preparing me that we're going to go through some things in this life. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean you're a sinful person. It just means God that wants to grow you. Now, King David said this in Psalms 23, verse four, he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So again, we're we're all going to go through some things. Don't freak out when you're going through things. Don't give up hope. Just stay committed to the things of God. Now, when you see verse 2 happen in your life, and you're going to see it and I'm going to see it, the way I get through all those throughs, I hold on to the promises of verse 1. I created you. I formed you. it's, It's like God saying, I got your back. I got you same chapter verse 18 do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old don't allow your past to handicap or short circuit your future that's when the apostle paul said in philippians 3:13 he says one thing i do i forget my past don't let your past stop you okay keep hanging on to god verse 19 behold I will do a new thing. God's into doing new things. Now that verse right there where he says he, he's, he's into doing new things, it cross-references into 2 Corinthians five seventeen, which says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, old things are passed away. All things have become new. Now, that's the new creation realities that God blesses everyone. And he says, man, don't don't allow your past to to hang you up. I'm doing a new thing. And so it's almost like God says that when you get born again, it's a new, it's a fresh start. I don't know about you. I'm so grateful for that. I thank God I'm a new creation and I, I welcome God doing new things. So he goes on to say, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it, the new thing, shall spring forth. It's kingdom purpose. Shall you not know it, the new thing? I even will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Why? So you can come and go. You can pass through. And so every one of us in here, we're going to have seasons of the wilderness, the desert. The desert. Everybody in here, why? Because God wants to get us ready for the purpose he has for every one of us in here. Now, turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. and You'll hear this mentioned several times today as far as God is in the business of preparation. He's always preparing us. Now we, we get here to Deuteronomy 8. And this passage of Scripture is incredibly clear for when we walk into the wilderness. This, this is going to be... This is going to really help you, I believe, biblically. Man, when I begin to look at it, I realize the wilderness isn't to punish me. The wilderness is to prepare me. So get your your highlighters ready, okay? This is good. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1. Every commandment. That may be a highlighter right there. Every commandment. So, so, So just to stop. When, when God gives us those commandments, His idea of this wasn't pick and choose. Well, I like that one and I like that, but I really don't like that one. No, He's saying every commandment, if you are guilty of one of them, you're guilty of all of them. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. You must be careful to observe. Why? Woohoo! get ready. That you may live. That you may live. And when he talks about living, he's just not talking about for you to have breath in your lungs. How many of you figured out before I got born again, I was alive, but I was really dead. I walked around with no purpose. And so God said, I want you to live. You know how he wants us to live? That John ten ten life. Life and that more abundantly. And then he says, that I want to multiply you. He doesn't want to just add, He wants to multiply you, and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And so he gives me a little bit of increase or a little bit of insight of what he's wanting to do for every one of us. Verse two, "And you shall remember that the Lord your God. Led you all the ways these 40 years into the wilderness. Why did he lead him into the wilderness? The first thing he says is to humble you. To humble you. The message says to push you to your limits. So just think here just a little bit about the word humble. The opposite of humble or humility is pride. 1 Peter 5.5 says God gives grace to the humble but he resists the proud. So, there's a humbling that God wants us to do. Now, if I had time and we went through 1 Peter 5, starting in verse 5, and you went verse 5, 6, 7, he says in there in verse 7, Cast all your care upon me, for I care for you. So, one of the wilderness experiences for every one of us, God wants to get us to a place where we call out to God I I can't do this life in my own abilities. That's so he says the first thing, I want to humble you. He goes on to say, and test you. So the word humbling has to do with to prove your character. The word testing is to test me to see if I'll obey. So he goes on to say, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So again, I, I, I can say I love God. But the way I really feel, if I love God, to love God is to obey God. And so he said, "I'm going to put you in some tests here, not to punish you, but to see what you really got in your heart. if you're really committed to me. And you know, I to find out in life a lot of times about humanity, everybody calls on God when it's tough. Everybody calls on God when they're going under. I mean, I remember back on 9-11 years, years, I'm telling you, man, everybody in America was calling on the name of the Lord, but after five weeks, it wore off. And so part of the wilderness experience, again, is, is not only to get me to, to say, I'm all in, Father God, but I'm in for the long haul. I, I don't just come around when I need something. I don't just come around when I'm, I'm hurting. And God's not against all that, but it's a day-by-day-by-day process. Dang, Pastor, you're tearing it up today. Thank you, Pastor. I'm going to preach to you. Verse 3. So he humbled you. And he allowed you to hunger. Why? Trust me. Trust me. And he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that that he might make you know. Now watch what he says here. That he might make you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus said the same thing in Matthew 4.4. 4. He said the same thing in Luke 4.4. 4. So now he gives me another wilderness experience. Do I hunger for the word of God? Do I have an appetite for the word of God? Because the word of God is soul nourishment. And so there is no survival of the soul without God's word daily. Daily portion of God's word is to be sought and fed upon by every believer. And so the pathway of discipleship for each one of us is is only possible for the long haul. If I get in there and allow God to nourish me with his word, and so when you see what we're talking about here, the word of God is not only essential, it is the key for me and you. Do you hunger for the word of God? Do you have an appetite for the word of God? One of my favorite old-time authors is a man named Smith Wigglesworth. Smith used to say this. He said, we feed our, our, our physical man Three hot meals a day, and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week, and we wonder why we're spiritually malnourished. Ooh, that's that hurt. Again, this is the wilderness experience where the Lord's saying, man, hunger for my word. Hunger for my word. And so, again, my, my paraphrased addition is that you get into the word, God will get into you. But i got to start making time for it. Verse 4, your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Now, I don't know if you've ever really read into that. Their garments never wore out. You know what that means? No more trips to the mall. Oh, happy day. No more trips to to this area. Their garments never wore out and their feet never swole. So what I begin to see in this right here is what he's saying. You can trust me for your everyday basic needs. Remember there in Matthew, I believe it's Matthew 6, he says, sparrows never grow hungry. And so if I feed the sparrows, how much more valuable are are you to them? I'll feed you. I'll take care of you. So literally in this passage right here, when he says this in verse 4, he's saying, i got to get to a place in the wilderness where you trust me. You trust me. But not only do you trust him, you thank him. Can, Can you imagine going 40 years with that same pair of Air Jordans? Wouldn't that be incredible? never wear out. And so I'm not only thankful, man, I'm a priest, I'm blessed. God just keeps taking care of me. Why? Because I get to a place where, man, I just don't freak out and I don't worry about it. God's going to take care of me. Verse 5. You should know or you could consider in your heart that as a man chastens his son, So the Lord God's gonna chasten you. So what you see here again, and we were on this last week, God's desire is to discipline us. But form of discipline is He's going to instruct us. Why does God want to discipline us, instruct us? He wants to prepare us for the future, but he also wants to get to a place where we stay the course. Now, again, the wilderness is not a place of God's disapproval or God's punishment. But it's way God said I'm, I'm going to raise the standard. But not only am I going to raise the standard in your life, I want you in this for the long haul. That you stay the course. Now we're going to go into the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And as you're turning there, we're, we're going to be just like the Israelites. We're going to reap the consequences of our choices. So here's a question as you're going to 1 Corinthians 10. So why did the Israelites prolong their stay in the wilderness? Why were some of the the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years? Why were some of the the Israelites not allowed to ever leave the wilderness? They never left. Because they never learned the discipline and the instruction that God wanted to give them. It's almost crazy for me to think, I can spend my entire life in the wilderness. Now, the reason I'm highlighting this is because in this passage here, you're going to see that it was written for our example, but also our admonition, our instruction. So literally what God's telling us here, if I don't get this stuff, the same thing that kept them in the wilderness is going to keep me in the wilderness. And I don't believe God wants us to spend our entire life in the wilderness. But what I see again is if I choose to keep going in this cycle right here. God won't look at you when you're 50. God won't look at you at 67. God won't even look at you when you're 30 and say, I'm so sick and tired of looking at you. I'm going to pass you on. God doesn't do that. It shows me right here. God's going to say, you're going to stay in that until you get it. Wow. 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 1, moreover, brethren, fellow believers, one translation says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. I do not want you to be unaware or forget that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, this is our ancestors in the wilderness, but here's what you're going to begin to see. You're going to see this little word, A-L-L, in verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4. All of us. This is written to everyone. None of us in this room are exempt, okay? So don't start elbowing and saying, man, I, I wish Brother tongue was here. This would be really good for him. No, 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 we're talking to you today. All of us. Pastor, does that include you? That's me. I'm in this. Verse 2, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. So literally saying, we're all united in Christ with the same baptism. Every one of us in here have the same opportunity. Verse 3, all ate the same spiritual foods, every one of us. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So literally stated here what he's talking about, Christ is still the central To all redemptive work. Nothing's changed for all of us. Verse 5. But with most of them, or the majority of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. The majority of them stayed in the wilderness. A warning to us. Verse 6. Now these things become our examples. These things become our warnings. History illustrates the danger of self-indulgence. So when I see this right here and he says, these become our example. Here's what I want you to get off of that right there. We can all fall into the same trap as them and never leave the wilderness if I don't get them. Now what we're getting ready to get into, you want to get a pencil. You want to get a marker. And you want to highlight these because some of these may define your life. And I don't say these to beat you up. I say these to say God's not going to let you out of the wilderness. You're not going to walk in the things he has, those purposes, until you pass these tests. You ready? Okay. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Our desires, what we crave, what we covet, what we lust after. And most of them never got out because they never passed the temptation test. Verse 7. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. And so we see the word idolaters, which better helps us just flat out idols. Now if we were to study their lives, that would be found in Exodus 32 when they bowed to a golden calf. Now, none of us in this room would bow to a golden calf. None of us in this room, I don't think, would say, well, I'm going to bow to this image or that image, a wooden piece, a carved image. But where we miss this in this area when it comes to idols, anything or any person that you substitute in place of God, that's an idol. Let me give you a little illustration. Pro football can be an idol. When you become consumed, when you allow that to replace God. Going to the lake can be an idol. Going to a mall, you may be addicted to shopping. I I can keep listing things that our society has to deal with on a weekly basis. Now, watch what the idol was in their life. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink, and they rose up to play. One translation says, It was like a circus. They partied and they danced. So when I begin to look at this, I think, okay, help me here. And so I found the original text on this. And it says where it says they rose up to play. It uses the word revel, R-E-V-E-L. The word revel is rooted in the area of pleasure. They serve the idol of pleasure. Pleasure. That's what they live for. But also the word revel is rooted in the word of drunkenness. And so what they live for was a time to get drunk and to party. Does that define me? Now again, these were written as our example. I'm not exempt from this. We get to the second one, verse 8. Nor let us commit sexual immorality. Oh my God, why'd they put that one in there? On. Sexual immorality. The gratification of evil desires. Sexually promiscuous. And if we looked at theirs, it's Numbers 25. When they gave in to the, the women from Moabite. They were Moabites. Proverbs sixteen six says this. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. Now look what it says here nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. I don't know about you. I, I thank God for His grace and His mercy. Because without His grace and His mercy, how many in this sanctuary right now would fall over dead? Oh, pastor, you shouldn't say that. I'm highlighting these because the B-I-B-L-E says, you'll never go to your promised land when you're, when you're bound by base. Well, pastor, we live in a new society. The Bible's outdated. The Bible's not outdated, okay? Again, these commandments aren't pick and choose. So that's the second area that we pick up. Verse 9. Nor let us tempt or try Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by the serpents. And so when we see the word tempt there, instead of learning to pray to God, they challenged God. They they challenged him. And so instead of trying to get close to Christ, instead of trying to get Christ to serve us, we try to reverse that. I don't want to serve Christ. I I want Christ to serve me. And so in this area of temptation right here, this, this is really real. We exploit his goodness. And again, what would happen in the wilderness if we got to a place where he said, Lord, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to call out to you. The next one, verse 10. Nor complain. I've gotten that and really highlighted in my Bible. Pastor, to you to complain. Man, I'm, I'm asking God to purge that off of me. To complain. To be discontent. To grumble. And what happens when we complain? We shift our attention on what God's done good in our lives to what we don't have. And their focus here wasn't on what God's doing. Their focus was on, on literally complaining here. So if I choose to live in complaining, look what he goes on to say, that whole thing. Nor complain as some of them also complained, and they were destroyed by the destroyer. And I think when I read it, thank God for his grace and his mercy. How would you like if I came walking in here and I started complaining about how hot it's been, and all of a sudden, old pastor just tips over dead. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. I mean, you think about this, and that. it's easy to complain. I, I can complain about how hot it is. I can complain about how bad I'm sweating. I mean, we live in a society that you're talking about a bunch of bedwetters, we're champions at it. And I said, We're champions. And so that word complain there. It literally means this that when you complain, you make a formal accusation or charge. And so, literally, you're charging God. Instead of calling out to Him and praising Him, we complain. This is what kept them out of the promised land. And so, again, we're not exempt. Remember, this was to our example. And so as I begin to look at that list, I've got to say, okay, Lord, if I'm, if I'm lacking in that area, go to work on me. Purge me, Father God, purge me. I don't know about you, I want to get to the wilderness. I want to get to that blessed place in my life. Keep reading. Ooh, I told you this was a good one. Verse 11. Now all these things happen to them as examples And they were written for our admonition. They were written for our instruction. They were written as our uh, uh, reminder. And so literally, you know what he tells us? You're just as capable. And you know what I have to say? I am upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And so when I see the ends of the ages come, you know what I believe? You know what he's telling us? This all is going to end one day. Jesus is going to come back. And so not only is Jesus preparing us for now, Jesus is saying, listen, I want you in for the long haul. Remember this, guys. he doesn't single us out in this area. His desire is that, that we grow up and mature to hunger and to look to God. Do you know uh, King David said this? He said, I, I have set my mind on the, the things the Lord has always before me. I've set myself on the things of God. I, I don't want to depart from the things I've set, set my heart on. And so let me ask, what, what do you got your heart set on? You know, I begin to liken it to this. And this was one of the only illustrations I could really figure out in my own life beside my connection to God. But many, many moons ago when me and Shelley were dating and I knew we were going to get married, I set my mind on that girl. Nobody else, nothing else mattered. And because I set my mind, I said, man, that's, that's till death do me part. And I believe a lot of times our lives as human beings can, can mirror a marriage. You know, if you're really married, how many figure this out? You don't take days off. Well, Pastor, some days I'd like to. Well, if you ever think about that, truly, there's probably some days that she would like to take off, too. But again, I'm committed for the long haul. And I believe that's what the Lord says set your mind on me, set your affection on me. Because whatever I set my mind to seek, that's where my affections will be set at. Verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he falls. In other words, don't be naive. Don't think you're going to be exempt from this. I got to seek him day by day by day by day. Verse number 13. Now watch this. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may also bear it. So he gives me great insight here. That the temptation has the ability to overtake me if I surrender to it. But he says right here, I'm not going to allow you to be tempted with excess. And he said, with that exact uh, exact temptation, I'm going to make a way for you to escape it. I'm going to help you. So not only is God faithful in this area, remember, God will never let you down, number one. Number two, he will not allow you to be tempted or pushed beyond what you're capable of handling. And he's always going to be there to help you through it. Amen. And these temptations, they're common to all men. And sometimes human beings, you know where have the thought? Well, no one's going through what I'm going through. Well, you're not that special. Again, when you think in lines with these temptations, we're all very similar. And I can't tell you this, when I've been in battles like this, there's days I've said, Lord, I feel like I've got a half a nostril out of completely going under. I don't know how much more I can take, but I know what your word says. And God will help you. God will sustain you. Last passage of scripture. Go with me to the book of Mark chapter 13. And I'm telling you, this one was was a good one to preach on. I believe this one will really help you in life when you begin to look at all this. And I encourage you to listen to the podcast. Go back and look at your notes and stuff. Because if I don't pay attention to what he warns, Man, I I can get in that circle day by day by day, week by week by week. Mark 13, verse 32. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Now, what he's talking about is the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Now, he, he informs us he's coming back. But no one knows. And so the important issue right here off of this verse is preparation, not calculation. God's saying you got to be prepared day by day by day. This is one warning that you don't want to miss. That's why, again, I get back to when Jesus begins to mold us in the wilderness. It's for the long haul. I stay my course. No one knows but the Father. Science doesn't know, and the scriptures won't know. So don't waste your money when somebody tells you Jesus has 88 reasons he's coming back in 1988. And I know 1988 is 31 years ago. But 31 years ago, some of you in the room probably remember there was a book that went crazy to the best-selling charts, and it was called 88 Reasons Why Jesus Is Coming Back. That dude made a mint off of that book. He's coming back. Do you know what? I heard Jesus is in Florida right now. Let's all get up and we better go. See again, stay prepared. Now watch how the scriptures will teach us here. Verse 33. Take heed. There's that word again. When I read that, it's got some intent with it. Take heed. Watch and pray. Some translations say watch and pray constantly for you do not know when the time is. So again, don't postpone your preparation. But pastor, I'm born again. I'm all in. But still I look and see this was Jesus' words. And Jesus said watch and pray. So if that's not important, why is he telling us to watch and pray? Because it's very easy to get sidetracked. Verse 33, 34, it is like a man going to a far country who left his house and he gave authority to his servants. That's Matthew 16, 19, that Jesus gave us authority. And so he said he gave his authority to servants and to each, and to each, not just a few, but to each, his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch or to be alert. So when I looked at this, I started getting out every translation I could. The message says, each is assigned a task. The amplified his particular task. The New American Standard said, assigning to each one his task. Now here's what I want you to see in this verse right here. If you'll note, to each his work. It doesn't say a work. It doesn't say some work. It says his work. So, every one of us in this room, we have been assigned some type of task that pertains to his work. Oh, no, no, not me, Pat. Oh, you're an each. This is each one of us, mark that right there. Every one of us in here have got an assignment that pertains to the kingdom of God. And so that assignment may come from a dream, it may come from a prophecy, it may come something that is put in your heart. But the only way it is developed is in the wilderness. And so God gets to prune it and God gets to purge you and he says, I'm gonna use that person to fulfill My work. And don't think it's insignificant. Well, it's just a pinky. Well, why don't you go home and cut him off? And I don't mean literally, but find out how much you're going to miss him. And and so many times in the body of Christ, we feel like, well, this is more significant or insignificant than what you do. Not in God's eyes, guys. Man, when it comes to kingdom work, You are valuable. You are important. That's why it's so important that you learn to serve and say, Father God, I need to know what that assignment is. Verse 35. Watch, there it is again. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, now, every one of those are associated with parables that the Lord Jesus spoke. Every one of those are highlighted. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. But I I've confessed Jesus the Lord is my life. But lest he find you sleeping, so I could take you to Matthew 25 with the parable of, of the, the, the wedding feast. And there was 10 of them. Five of them were prepared. Five of them weren't. And the door closed and the five that weren't prepared. Give us some of your oil. And you know what it it signifies? It's too late, Charlie. Too late. This is interesting with Jesus' words. So I highlight again, part of the wilderness experience Man, it keeps me with a perseverance. It keeps me to run with an endurance. The race that's set before me, I want to finish the race. And the Lord's want all of us to finish the race. And so he's wanting to develop within you, not just patience at the traffic light. I said, Lord, you've got to help me. I haven't been able to whip the, pa- the traffic light yet. Are you serious? I'm serious. There's days I'm just... Here's the truth. Thank you. That's the truth. God's working on me. This happened to me Friday morning. I'm coming down the road. I'm going forty. The speed limit's 45. I'm going 45 or thereabout. <laughs> this genius, he decides just to pull out. I, I, just right in front of me. And so because of my quick thinking and my quick reflexes, I zoom around into this lane, and then the light I'm needing to hit is right there in front of us. So not only do I zoom in this round, I cut two lanes of traffic, and I get in there, and I make it. Brilliant pastor. (laughs) And the guy who cuts me off has the audacity to honk the horn and tell me that I'm number one. And the man of faith and power I am. I wanted to do a U-turn. And so again, when I say I still have a flesh, I still got a flesh, guys. At times I think, Lord, you got to help me in those areas. But when he says this in this passage, man, he doesn't want you to find you sleeping. I believe he's saying sleeping spiritually. I'm asleep spiritually. I'm not even in the same room with him. And he ends in verse 37 and says, What I say to you, I say to all. Watch. Wow. He wants to change me on the inside where it says, You know what? I'm in. I'm in for the long haul. Lord, I'm going to serve you day by day by day. And I look at the area of my life that I'm called to in the physically. I was born a man. I didn't choose to be a man, but that's how I came in. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm going to live as a man. I'm going to take responsibility for my actions. I'm going to take care of my wife, who you blessed me with. I'm going to take care of my children, but I'm going to serve you in doing it. And I believe that's how he's wanted to raise the bar to every one of us. And there is something that begins to happen on the inside of me. Where I say, Father God, I need help. I need to be, I need to be perched. Why don't you stand on your feet here? Wow. So I go back and I look at the whole thing we talked about. And it's no mystery. I'm going to go through things. Isaiah 43, verse 2. Some of you may be in the river. You may be in the fire right now just as we sang there's one with you he's there God's wanting to do some new things within us every one of us and then we jumped into Deuteronomy 8 God wants to humble me God wants to test me God wants me to get to a place in my life where I don't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God so I'm reviewing us to say is that me? And then we jump to 1 Corinthians 10. And am, am I bound by idolatry? Do I tempt Christ? Sexual immorality. Am I a complainer? Oh, I look at all that and I have to say, that's me, Father God. Cut that out of me. I, I, I surrender. and I, I believe part of this wilderness is when I say to the Lord, Lord, You're the potter, I'm the clay. And I ask you, Father God, mold me and shape me. Go ahead, Lord. Go ahead. Have at me. Have at me. And again, listen, that's not to punish you. God said, I want to get you to the promised land. What about your task? The assignment. So God loves every one of us. He loves every one of us in this room I believe through this, this is answering some questions for some of you again you may be smack dab in the middle of the wilderness it's alright why don't you bow your head here with me Father God we love you today, we love you today and Lord just all your, your scripture that was poured upon us Lord, you said you sent your spirit to convict us of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. But Holy Spirit, I ask you to go to work in here right now. That if there's any areas in our life that you convicted us. Lord, we we ask you to grace us to come before you. I'm going to have them singing. This is what I ask you to do. Just as the scriptures, it it locates me. It locates you. Something happens again when I respond to God and I give Him permission. Go to work within me. Go to work within me. Let me just say this before we start. If you're in here today and you've you've never publicly confessed Jesus as Lord of your life. Or you're at a state where, man, you've left the things of God and you need to come back and you know in your heart that's you. I'm just going to ask you to get out of your seat and make your way down here right now. We're going to love you, okay? We're for you. If that's anybody in this room, come forward. Or you can come down here just in a minute. You can grab me and say, that's me. That's me. We want to pray for you. But listen, how how am I going to respond to God today? And I don't know about you. I, I don't want to live. I don't want to live half for God. I don't want to live lukewarm and sing, guys. Let's respond to it. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebbic.com